Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast. My guest today is Pete Holiday. Pete has been hanging around the Hashtag Call to Scene community damn near since it started. And so <laughs> I'm happy to have him on here. Pete, could you introduce yourself to the audience, please? Absolutely. Thanks, Kim. Uh, I'm excited to I'm excited to be able to contribute. I've been uh, keeping an eye on the cause of scene uh, movement for a while now. I've been in engineering for uh, over 20 years, let's just say that. And uh, I think that the, the, the ability that we have with, with social media these days to use it as a force for good to kind of expose some of the things that have been going on for a long time is uh, really valuable. And, and people like you doing this work is, is helping make tech a better place. So I'm happy to be able to be here and, and help contribute to that, that vision. All right. We start each episode with the same two questions. Why is it important to cause a scene and how are you causing a scene? Yeah, I, I think it's important. Uh, the primary reason I think it's important is because uh, for so long, uh, a lot of the bad behavior that has existed in the tech world um, is able to continue existing because it happens sort of behind the scenes, because the people that know that it's going on um, don't talk about it going on. Uh, and so so I think it's important that those of us who have the privilege to lend are able to do that. And, um, and even, even though doing it often uh, kind of strikes people as rocking the boat or, as you say, causing a scene, um, I think that that's the only way this stuff gets brought out into the light. Um, for me personally, I know that uh, I, I have a relatively comfortable position in the industry, and, uh, and, and so I'm a little bit less at risk uh, if I say some uh, bold or, or scene-causing things online. So I try to, try to, uh, try to lend my voice where I can uh, and, and amplify the voices of others who uh, see this better than I do where I can, um, in addition to advocating within, within companies that I work for for um, you know, making space for people and meeting them where they are rather than uh, continuing to reinforce the uh, systemic things that have gotten us where we are today. Okay, so I'm going to tell you why, how and why Pete stands out for me, because you know that a white dude in tech means absolutely nothing to me. <laughs> I am not impressed one iota by white dudes in tech. <laughs> and yet... It takes, is, is people like Peter, Pete, Peter, Pete, which one? <laughs> uh, I, uh, Peter is on my birth certificate, but I go by Pete. <laughs> All right, Pete. So it takes people like Pete, who I see continuously stomping the hell out of ignorant people on Twitter, um, <laughs> that I just love. It's like, I, and this is what people don't understand. They, you know, they want to call me angry. They want to say all this other, I have a strategy, people. I don't do this for funsies. I don't do this just because I woke up and wanted to engage with jerks in, in tech. No, I see something, I decide, hey, will this engagement impact or is a teachable moment for somebody in the community? And I can tell you, when I do that, five times out of 10, if Pete's online, he's engaging. He's like, <laughs> he's like, 
and I just I just rack them up. I just like like baseball. I just you know when you have that um, that machine, I just poof and put them out there. Just poof and put them out there. And Pete just goes, it just goes at it. And what I love is because you have twenty plus years in the space. You have a depth of knowledge and 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 um, in a very it's it's it's, it's across many disciplines in tech, which I've seen. You've had conversations. We talked about these freaking boot camps and this um, in, income revenues, um, income sharing agreement bullshit. You have um, responded to when we're talking about just anti, how to be anti-racist and what's white supremacy. You've had um, I've seen you engage about code, and so it's like you have this breadth of um, information. So it's, you're one of the people who I, I, I look to, and you're probably just knowing this, that I look to and I just see, wait and see, because if it's, if you're online, it's like, okay, what's, what, there are a few of you. <laughs> and, that, and that's a problem because they're not enough. Yeah. There are over 7,000 people following me and there are not enough of, of people who are actively engaging and helping um, transform this community. But I do appreciate the work that you do. And again, you know, I do not give white dudes credit for shit because you have not mm-hmm. earned anything but i can say in this space i can't tell you about your work because i'm sure you got that because of your privilege and all that other stuff but in this space mm-hmm. and hashtag called the scene you step up and you ensure you're one of those people who i i can say is what i you remember back in the day i used to call it i used to use the term power ally you're willing to make yourself uncomfortable mm-hmm. so that i can be comfortable um and i remember with the the income sharing agreement what a that dude, I don't know, remember his name. See, random white dude. Um, he <laughs> had blocked me or, and other people weren't speak. Cause you know, this always happens. I'm having a conversation and people won't speak to me, but they'll speak to you cause you're white dude. And so, and, uh-huh. and what yep. they don't realize is that I'm feeding you questions through the DM. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, yep. I saw this, ask yep. them that. that. And they think they're really engaging. Yep. And I'm just like, yep. You do not realize how foolish you are. If you knew, again, mm-hmm. this is a strategy. I already recognize that mm-hmm. your, mm-hmm. you know, racist ways do not see me as your equal. So it's easy for, easier for you to ignore me. Um, and I've seen that a lot. I saw that with, uh, when I was trying to engage with Stack Overflow's leadership. I saw that with a recent um, mm-hmm. engagement with Jeff Atwood. I see it all the time where mm-hmm. white dudes in tech, I am, I am literally putting the information out there and they will speak to someone who's not putting the information, who's only echoing what I've said. I want you to talk about that. Yep. Tell me what the hell is that about? What, I mean, I know, but I want to know from a white dude, because I'm going to make the assumption that at some point you used to do that because you weren't this enlightened all your life. Oh, yeah. What is this about? Mm-hmm. Why no. is it? Yeah. What is that shit about? I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I, I well, I do know. I, I think that what, what's going on is, um, we have an idea in our heads of what, uh, I think there are two things. We have an idea in our heads of what an engineer looks like. And, uh, you know, people made fun of that hashtag, what, maybe two years ago, like, I look like an engineer or something, all of the, all the women posting their photos, like, this is what an engineer looks like. People made fun of that. But I, I think that's actually really impactful because I do think a lot of people have an idea of what an engineer looks like. Um, and often that is uh, white and male and young and, uh, you know, has a, a tech degree background. And so I think that uh, we seem less threatening um, because uh, to the people who are making this decision, that seems like a, a peer, like you're saying, like they don't see you as a peer. 
Um, and so I think that's there. I think the other, the other thing, and, and so they don't assume, they will assume that I have the technical and industry knowledge that I have. Um, and sometimes that I don't have, they'll just assume that I have it. Um, whereas somebody in your position has to prove it. Yes. Um, and, and so I think that's one thing. Um, I think the other thing is that, um, and, and this is less, I think this is a smaller part of it. Uh, but I think the other other side of it is that inherently, even when I'm being angry, even when I'm being very curt with people, even when I'm being downright like insulting or offensive, my words are seen as less offensive or less angry than yours are, even if objectively that's just not the case, right? You can just say something matter of fact and people assume you're angry. If I say something matter of fact, nobody accuses me of being angry. Um, and so I think that there's a, that kind of couples on top of itself to be like, oh, well, he's not angry with me. So I'm going to engage with him because he's being respectful, whereas you are not in their estimation. Uh, and so I think both of those things um, combine. And it's, it's really easy to do that um, because it feels safer. Uh, and that I think is the problem. Um, but um, that's, I mean, that's my perspective from the person I used to be. I mean, I think it's, it's easy to just make that assumption. Uh, and, um, I think that the, the, the real problem that I see is that it never goes away. You always have, if you were raised like that, you have to fight that always. Um, like, I, I don't know. I don't know anybody who's like, oh yeah, like I, I never have any preconceived notions about people anymore. Like uh, there's just something that you have to be aware of and, and actively, fight against in your own head. And a lot of people just don't want to do that work. Okay. So thank you for that. And there, and I'm going to add a third one. It is that white people are mm. racist by design. And so <laughs> they see me as yeah. fundamentally their inferior, whether they want to admit it or not. Mm -hmm. And it speaks to what you, you just said about having to continually check yourself because it is just knee jerk. Um, I'm a teacher. I just mm -hmm. came back from um, having lunch and I saw, I was at a, um, the restaurant and I saw a young man come in for an interview. Um, he, I, I'm thinking it wasn't an interview. I'm thinking it's a follow-up because um, she told him about the training at the end of the thing. But he had on what, what I would have considered in the past to be inappropriate attire to go to a new job. And I had to check mm -hmm. myself because I had to realize that all of that policing of bodies, particularly black bodies, is a part of a system of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. And that's why I talk mm -hmm. a lot about having to face my own and deal with my own internalized white supremacy and anti-blackness. Um, because it is, I was, although I, both of us were raised and taught and continue to be in a system that, that is rooted in white supremacy, I, you, benefit from it, whereas I don't. And it, um, it really speaks to some of the conversations I'm having now about what do you do when you have a, um, various marginal, marginalized groups in one community or one space, because what I'm seeing now is the other part of white supremacy, whereas these individuals are jockeying for closeness to whiteness <laughs> and harming each other, um, because that is also a strategy of white supremacy it's a distraction because if it keeps us going at each other, we don't see that we have a uh, aligned um, missions and, and goals and together we get there better than we can get there on our own. 
And so this is something I'm, I'm now seeing a lot of now because it's, again, it speaks to that diversity is about recruitment and inclusion is about retention. So there are people who fail at the recruitment part, the diversity part. They just can't get that right. And then they're like, oh, we tried. And then there are people who bring them in and like, they won't stay because you didn't do the inclusion part, which is the retention part. Um, and it is so fundamental. Until, and, and I'm happy to have this conversation with you because until we're talking about actively being anti-racist, everything else is, is a distraction. I mean, that's where I am right now. I'm just, and I'm loving the new podcast that I'm doing, How to Be Anti-Racist, and I will continue that with other books because this is where this work has to go. If we're not actively being anti-racist, we're not doing the work that's, that's, that's going to change anything. And that's why we've been failing before because we're still talking about assimilation. Yep. I, you know, I, I think that this is something that I wish I had come around to a lot, a lot more recent or a lot longer ago than I did. Um, but I, I think that that distinction um, of uh, there, there is no, there is no non-racist, right? That, that's, that's an interesting kind of revelation to have is that you're, you're either racist or you're anti-racist and there's not, there's not a middle ground. There's not, not, I'm not racist. Yes, exactly. Right. And so I think that, that is something that is really difficult to, um, to internalize because to internalize that you have to acknowledge that the person I was before was racist. And the person I am today, probably still racist um, when I'm not actively doing this work. And so it, I think that's the hardest thing to get over the hump with people. Um, because one of the reasons that it seems like to me is, is we have been trained uh, to believe that the worst thing you can be called is a racist. Um, and, and so the fight becomes like, I am not this label without regard for what harm your behavior caused, you want to avoid the harm for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that I think is, is one of the harder things to acknowledge is that, hey, if we, if we all like come to the agreement that we all, perpet- we all perpetuate this system of white supremacy in various ways at various times to various degrees, and if we can just acknowledge that we all contribute and you are not going to be able to prevent yourself necessarily from ever doing something that perpetuates white supremacy, but you have to be comfortable saying, I'm going to screw this up sometimes. And when I do, somebody's going to call me to account for it. And I have two options then. I can either take a step back and learn from it, or I can go into defense mode. And if you go into defense mode, you're right back in that category. Um, and it's, I, I don't know, like uh, people, people talk a lot about, oh, you're going to ruin his career. Like, I don't, I've never seen that happen. Oh my God. White dudes are so afraid of getting their careers ruined and yet have no issue with these blatant. um, And that's what I love about um, that uh, in the book. uh, And Dr. Kendi talks about microaggressions in the next chapter, chapter four, because there's Mm -hmm. no such thing as microaggressions. They're just abuse. But you have no problem doing those little things. It's it's Mm -hmm. when you are now um, you think something's going to happen to your finances that you care about. It's the same thing with white women in their tears. When mm-hmm. you, you don't care about the fact that you, some, someone said something to you, you decide you want to cry. And now everybody comes to your defense or you go to HR and now it's in, in this person's record and this person can't get a raise. They can't get um, a um, um, promotion, all these other things. Their life is turned upside down because you could not manage your emotions, but mm-hmm. then it's all about you. And that goes to another thing about white supremacy. 
white, white supremacy says that white people are individuals. And that's why you don't like that title. Mm-hmm. That's why white people don't like to be called white as well. They mm-hmm. don't like it's, it's because that's a group. You have been taught that you're special and you're individual. And mm-hmm. yet you have absolutely no problem calling me black. Mm-hmm. None. You do not hesitate. Mm-hmm. Even calling me African-American puts me in a group. Mm-hmm. That, that puts me in. A, and you have no problem with that. But the first, the one time I say, I put, I, I used a, an equal term for whiteness. It becomes, that's where you get all, not all this and not mm-hmm. all that. Because mm-hmm. it's so used to whiteness never being examined, but it's using these terms for other people. And this is why I say whiteness is, is the, um, racist by default, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, by design, period, and can't be trusted by default. Because if I trust you, this is, again, I'm going to keep railing on this, com- this compassion and, and empathy shit that's out here. In me. If, I'm, if I am giving you the benefit of doubt, which whiteness always expects, if mm-hmm. I am assuming that you have the be- positive intent, that puts me as a person who is not considered your equal in your eyes by this system in harm's way. I don't care what the hell you think. I am not on the same thing on the same level. So that's the same thing as someone or you you're using the same rules. Well, oh, this is hard because you do use the same rules. I was about to say that you use the same rules for adults and children. Well, very clearly, white people have are adults and their children are children. Black children are not children. There are many adults. So it's mm-hmm. like I don't want to have these conversations with you. I make these things very clear because having these conversations are a distraction. And so that's why I like individuals like you who can get in and are willing to have those conversations because I'm not having them. I'm not doing it mm-hmm. because that is how they, I see people time and time in this space doing this work get burnt out. And, 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 and I'm not going that route. It, mm-hmm. I, I'm just not doing this. It's not, I'm not having these conversations. It's great classroom management. This is my classroom. This is my timeline. If you choose to engage, you're going to engage how I say you're going to engage or you're not going to, I'm not going to engage with you at all. Mm-hmm. There is no, so they get mad about, oh, you won't. No, I don't have to talk to you. I, I don't, I really, and that's another thing. Whiteness is used to getting this, it, it, it demands. And so I'm supposed mm-hmm. to reciprocate. Mm, I, I'm, no, I'm not, I'm not reciprocate. I'm supposed to um, capitulate. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to bow and give you what you want. And so I've really gotten to the point of, I'm no longer responsible for white people's feelings. hmm if you get your feelings hurt by, um, like someone wrote to me recently saying that she, we were in a conversation and I intimidated her, my persona intimidated her. That's a fucked up way to talk about me. Yeah. Because what if I, there was an employer that she, she decided to go talk, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. When that, you, you being intimidated when I've done nothing intimidating to you is your issue, not mine. Mm-hmm. And that's how you easily it becomes easier to dehumanize me dehumanize people like me because there's a you you internally you i don't care if you claim it or you not you have been raised to believe that i am inferior to you and that's why you will speak to pete and not talk to me that's and and so at at stack overflow and, and you can say whatever you want to but this is why these individuals will not engage with me because you engage with a white person saying the exact same thing. Hell, saying the exact same words that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But you won't engage with me because, and so if you're promoting the fact that you, that you, whether you consciously know it or not, see me as less than you. And when someone with a platform like Stack Overflow or Jeff Atwood or all these people with these mm-hmm. thousands of um, followers, when their followers see that behavior, see that how they act towards me, 
it mm-hmm. perpetuates that I have no value and my voice means nothing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make sense either. I mean, there's, there's no other explanation for it because you have a larger platform than I do. You have uh, likely decades more experience in these issues than I have. Uh, and so when I respond to somebody, I'm not, I'm not verified, like I'm nobody special on Twitter. And so when I respond to Jeff Atwood, who has what, a quarter of a million followers or something mm-hmm. like that, and he responds to me, like, why is he responding to me in the first place? Like, I'm like, I'm nobody. He's never heard of me before. Like, and he and I have had, he was on my last podcast. So he knows me. That's my yeah. whole point. He was like, dude, we've met at conferences. You know me. Mm-hmm. And that's, a le- that's just a level of disrespect. And that's where the stuff that we don't want to talk about in tech. We want to talk about, you know, inclusion and diversity on these really high level surface shit. And we don't talk about the real issue. It is a r- rooted in racism, period. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's being coded into the stuff that we're creating. And I, I think that's a... It's something that I, I really have a, I have a difficult time with because um, I, appreciate, I appreciate your approach to this, uh, talking about uh, lack of inclusion being a risk management issue, um, because that really addresses sort of the business side of the, the, the racism and how racism hurts all of our businesses. Exactly. But I, I think it's really interesting. I, I really, I struggle with this myself because I don't think we should have to go there, right? Like, I don't think I should have to make a business case for being anti-racist to be anti-racist. Like, I I think it ought to be good enough to say like, look, our society has many, many, many groups of people have been shut out of this society for hundreds of years. Why do I need to make a business case to do the right thing? Um, But I appreciate that there is a business case and I think that's good, like additional fodder I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to give you my, I'm going to tell you exactly why I focus on um, business. Because if I did not have the business background that came with the business um, resume that I have, you wouldn't, you would not know me. You would not know me. I wouldn't have been heard. I would have been just another angry black person railing on Twitter. You would not know me. I, my following grew when I started speaking at conferences about mentoring, which is a business thing, that's how you know me. Um, and so I, again, it's a strategy. What's going to get me, what's going to give me more power and influence? What's going to get me at the room, in the room and not only at the room at the table, but not only at the table, a voice at the table. And it's because I, unlike these white dudes in tech who are building these businesses, I can show every single one of them where their businesses are failing and where they're putting, leaving money on the table. And so that's the only way be through, through capital, um, 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 capitalist system, am I on an even ground? That's the only way I get uh, consulting. That's the only way I can say to white people that what I say on stage and they like, okay, yeah, but I don't like what she said. She pissed me off, but she did make a good point about my business and, and I want to make money. That is, that is unfortunate, but I am a realist and I understand that. And it's, it's the strategy. And I've used the strategy. And this is why I don't speak to anybody but leadership in organizations. Because if I have to put all this effort, I don't want to speak. I'm not speaking to a middle manager because you can't change anything. This stuff has to come from the top. And so when people, someone questioned why my feed was so, um, first of all, people want, I, I give enough stuff away. Absolutely enough content away. Absolutely enough. I give more content away than anybody else who's sitting here on this, on, on Twitter. And I'm not bragging. I'm not putting anybody down. But when I look at people who, who, um, 
who the amount of content and the various ways I, they create content outside of Twitter, I, I, I don't see anybody doing what I'm doing. And that's just me because I, I'm a teacher and I think about strategy. So I do enough. And so when someone comes into my DMs and wants to do some private coaching or whatever, and I tell them it's going to be four fifty an hour beginning, and then someone questions why is it so that much or why if I'm doing this work, am I, how much of this am I donating? I'm like, fuck you. Mm. I work for myself. Half of that has to go to Uncle Sam. I don't mm. have health issues. All these things that people take for granted and they want to begrudge me of having the same, um, they want me to do the work, but don't want me to have the same level of life enjoyment mm. that they have. I'm supposed to be some martyr. I'm supposed to be, you know, some, some, you know, some person living in the ashram. You out your damn mind. I like mm. a good life. And if I'm going to do this work, and the reason I'm going to say this here, the reason my starting rate, and I don't even do per hour because that's a waste of my time. The reason I set it at uh, um, an hour, uh, 4.50 an hour, is because it weeds out the people who are not serious about this. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and it's a lot of emotional labor. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think it also, I, I think that's all. I mean, you obviously, I mean, that's obviously the business mind coming in. Uh, and I, I think that the other benefit of it is, from my perspective, if there's a that that sort of high barrier to entry has uh, it, it allows people to sort of like you're saying, kind of out themselves early. Like if you think that this is cheap, if you think that this is something that you shouldn't have to pay handsomely for somebody's decades of somebody's lived experience that has cost them who knows how much money. Uh, then you're kind of already like you're starting from the wrong place. You're probably not going to get much out of it to begin with because you're probably probably coming in from the wrong exactly. frame of mind to learn anything in the first place. Yeah, I had someone who they 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 had a shit show on Twitter. They got called out, and they came to my DMs, um, and then I told them what it was going to cost, and they were like, "Okay, that's fine." Can we do something in November? You just caused a shit last week and you want to wait till November to get started? Mm. You're already, I already see problems here. Mm. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. not even, you, how, how do you wait months to make amends? How, how do you wait? How, what, what, explain that to me. Mm-hmm. And that's the thinking of the people who come into my space. And I'm like, what are you, huh? What? I, I think it's also, it's also interesting because, the, you know, 25 years ago, 20 years ago, even 15 years ago, there were not, it was not as easy to find the resources that are available today for people, for frankly, let's just be honest, like white dudes in tech to learn the things that you're teaching. And there are now books. There are people you can follow on Twitter there for $200. You can, and a bunch of your own time, you can go learn all all of the stuff you need to learn. So it should be expensive to have somebody spoon feed that to you. And I don't, and I don't understand how people have a problem with that. When in this community, we drop a hundred dollars on sushi and a meal, everybody's mm-hmm. driving fancy car, you know, the people can afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, and $1,000 desk chairs. Yeah. And shit like that. But when I say this, it's like, Oh, cause I talked to, um, uh, uh, a white guy and, and I was telling him about this and he's like, this is, that's crazy. He's like, when we were doing consulting, our consulting fee was $900 an hour. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yet 
me asking for that. And he he's coming to me because he knows that I have a skill set that he doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And and that and that so that's one reason I do it because it helps me weed like it helps me weed out. Yeah, this is this is this is going to be a waste of my time, and I get to choose. And so then when this individual decided, so I called them out. I had called them out, and they had come to me before they realized that I called them out. And then they came back to me and said, um, "I just saw that you called me out. That hurt my feelings, and so I think it's a conflict of interest. <laughs> so I don't think we should be working together. But I still, and this is the part. I still like really what you're doing. Can I? Where can I donate? You know oh, what? You man. can give money. I don't want your money. That sounds like a, a a better deal because you are already up to speed on the situation, so you can probably provide guidance immediately without needing to spend half the time them explaining the situation to you. Uh, they're just, they're just looking, looking free consulting in the mouth. And they're just, they're just looking for easy way out. That's just it. It's, 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 it was too hard. If you think that you're a client of mine and you won't get called out if you do some shitty stuff, you don't know me very well. <laughs> Cause I call myself out. So why would I do anything differently for you? Mm-hmm. Because we're all trying to create something that was never meant to, that was never meant to exist. And so we're, like you said, we're all going to make mistakes. Yeah. It's about trying to minimize harm in the mistakes that we make. And that's why oh, I'm glad we brought, that's where I don't see. People are willing to make mistakes. They're not willing to minimize the harm. Yep. So, so they'll say, I make mistakes like, um, and I'm going to say his name, Ben Lash, whatever his name is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I went after him the last time, because the first time he did that shit, he he gets on Twitter and he wants to whine about how hard his life is at this moment and, and, and blah, blah, blah. He can't do what he needs to do. We had a conversation. He said he wasn't going to do that again. And da, 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 da. Then months later, he does it again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, you are causing harm. You have a, a, a following mm-hmm. and you're causing harm and you're whining because you can't do the things you used to do before. Then don't do it. Obviously you're not thinking about minimizing the harm. It's about you. And then I get these people like, well, He's, he has social uh, and issues. Or well, he should not be in front of people then. Mm-hmm. He should not have a platform. If you have, because I will be held to that standard, if not mm-hmm. much less. Yep. If I caused harm and I had issues with working with people, people would definitely tell me, uh, would not give me jobs or, or opportunities to work with people. Yep. And yet again, these white people continue to get these opportunities. They're forever on these platforms, forever getting invited to these conferences, forever doing all these things. When people continue to tell you that they are harming, these individuals out there mouth are saying, this is just too hard for me to do. Well, if it's too hard for you to do, you just don't get this thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't understand what, what what's, the, what's the problem with that. Everybody else has to look. If you can't handle this thing, you just don't get this thing until you learn how to handle this yep. thing. Yep. It's the same thing with a driver's license. I'm like, I don't get why this is such a big deal in tech. Mm-hmm. And we see it all the time with, uh, with, with any sort of behavior that harms other people. People go so quickly to what their intentions were. And, and while I agree that clarifying intentions is sort of an important first step, it's good to know that the person was not intentionally harming somebody. Uh, it's, that's like step zero of five and people want to stop there with, oh, well, my intentions were good. Therefore, I should be free and clear when you have not even begun to address the actual harm that you've caused. And I think it's also extremely, I think one of the, one of the harder things to get across to somebody, um, and you see this a lot with the sort of the defenders that show up. And this is another big problem that I have with, with this is that often these people with these big platforms will leave this gap 
for their followers to show up and say whatever they're going to say, because that kind of allows them to put the message out there that they want without them being held accountable for it. Yes. And so they put put a little buffer between them. Yep. And, Mm -hmm. And so you end up with this like, well, nobody themselves has said they were hurt. Nobody themselves have said they were harmed by this. And it's like, okay, well, so you want people who were harmed to subject themselves to you? <laughs> like, in addition to the person that harmed them? Like, we see what his followers are doing. Like, why would somebody want to put themselves in the middle of that shitstorm? Everyone in the hashtag call the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag causeascene.com. want to put themselves in the middle of that shitstorm? Um, and, and being unwilling to, to say like, yeah, somebody was probably hurt by that um, and being unwilling to then take the next step of saying like, okay, I am going to demonstrate that I did not intend for this to happen. And in fact, I did not want for it to happen by doing the work to mitigate the harm now that it has happened. It seems like a no brainer to me, right? If you, if and, what you we, and what we see most often though, is that they run. So Ben mm-hmm. blocks me the react people ran off and then they came back and now they're, you know, they're quiet. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you get that privilege. It's like you throw a shit bomb and then you just leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you oh, disrupt, yeah. you disrupt everything. And you're just like, Oh, I don't, I, I can't deal with this anymore. I didn't realize that this is, it's all about them. And so then they deplatform leaving everybody else walking around in shit that they, they cause. And then wait for the storm to move on and then come on back. Yes. With no consequences whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, and I, I think we saw that too with the, the ladybug podcast thing. Well, that's uh, who I was talking about. Um, with, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah the, that's who I was talking about who came into my DMS. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's really disappointing because, and they, and they just put out a new episode as if nothing happened. And, and yeah. they have these new, these new people and you're just using them because you have not learned anything. And I can tell you about how, the individual engaged with me, you have not learned a thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it pisses me off. And now you're bringing in women of color who you're now, again, you're putting them in the role of less than you. They're inferior. So you can use them any way you want to. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about sort of my attitudes around this, this stuff started changing before I noticed that they did. So I don't really know how to address like how to get people over that hump necessarily, but it, it is extremely damaging to the people around them um, when they cannot recognize that they caused harm and, and, and sit with being uncomfortable. No, I think it's okay. So, so it's two camps. Some recognize it, some don't, mm. but they all fall back into, I can't deal with this. This mm-hmm. is hard. This is painful to me. So mm-hmm. I'm going to abdicate out of this. And we mm-hmm. saw the same thing with Girl Develop It. They mm-hmm. have done absolutely nothing to make amends to the black women that they harmed, and mm-hmm. yet they're moving forward as if nothing ever happened. 
And I've done five damn episodes about this. Yep. And it happens because white people continue to support them. Yep. Because it's, they're not in pain. It's, it didn't impact, impact their white asses. So they're not upset. Even the people who are some of the chapter leaders who are there, I've seen conversations with, well, it wasn't that bad. Should we hold them? Uh, how should we? It's, this is council, council culture. Should they be held accountable? Should we just like throw them away? Yes. If people do not show that they're willing to change and stop harming, yes, they need to be thrown away. And this is the conversation, again, we're not having because we're not talking about what the problem is. It is about black anti-blackness because if these were white women, there would have been all the uproar about this being a white organization. If this was um, a, a, a man doing this to this black, these black women, there would have been a whole nother conversation about this. But and and nothing happens because we as black women, brown women, are not considered equal. So mm-hmm. it's okay. Oh, we harmed them. We didn't mean to. Let's go about our business. No, 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 um, no making amends. No understanding that once once you cause harm, your trust goes back to zero, and it's your job, your job, not the individuals who are harmed. It is your it is the perpetrator's job to go about doing the work to repairing the trust. And mm-hmm. if you can't do that, I am so I'm so over it, and I'm just gonna call it out. It's just like yep. this is the stuff that's bothering me. This is the stuff that's bothering all of us. There's too many people. That's why I don't like whisper networks. I don't like whisper networks because these people have the privilege of knowing who the people to avoid while everybody else is being harmed by these people because we don't know who they are. And I think that we see this. This is not, I mean, and you're not saying that it is, but this is not a tech-specific problem. This is just like, Oh God, no! We're just we're just a microcosm of the macrocosm. <laughs> I mean, you saw that with with Kavanaugh, right? People are like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna destroy his career over an allegation. It's like, okay, well, first of all, not getting to be on the Supreme Court is not destroying anybody's career. Well, like, it is <laughs> if you're a white guy and that's what you've been groomed for, and you think that's and you 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 are entitled to that. It's your birthright. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even even if you look at the girl development people, you look at the ladybug people, you look at the the React people, even if they were removed from those positions and not allowed to come back, they're still making a good living. They're not getting fired from their jobs over mm-hmm. it. They might they might experience some, some some financial repercussions. They might not get as fast a promotion, or but but ultimately, they're not, their lives are not ruined. They're not homeless. They're not. They're not even looking for work. Let's be honest. Yes, they're just they're just they just didn't get something they wanted. And if this was a person from a marginalized community, it would be totally the opposite. Gone. Yep. Yes. Yep. No questions asked. No inquiry. No nothing. It was just be. Yep. You don't fit. Got to go. Yeah. I. You know. I. I saw. Um, uh, one of the one of the other people that I follow that I, I learn a lot from, uh, Marco Rogers. Uh, was this? He's coming on the show very soon. Oh, go good. Yeah, I can't wait to hear that one. Yes. He's he. There are two things that that stand out. Um, one of the ones he had a tweet. He had a tweet thread this this I think this week, maybe even yesterday, about how he gets along with white people because he has to for yes job. yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I, and I and I uh, I amplify that. Yeah, we learn at a very early age that. Um, because um, it was about Biden and and, yep. and, and, um, Obama. and Obama. Yes. We learned at a very early age, if we want to be successful, we have to assimilate. And what that means is getting as close to whiteness as possible. Mm-hmm. It may not be articulated to us in that fashion, but that's how we know. That's what professional looks like. It's white. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that, that was a really, uh, that was really insightful thread. I thought, 
Um, I thought the way that he tied it to the, to the current event and kind of tied his own experiences in was really good. And I, um, uh, you were mentioning earlier about, um, about letting, letting you saying your, your piece and letting other people sit with that. He does a really great job of that, um, of calling people out on that in, in his threads being like, look, you're, you're attaching emotion to this thing that there's no emotion in that's for you to sit with. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's exactly. your problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, the first time you see it, uh, as, as a white dude, the first time you see that, you're like, whoa. And then you're like, ah, well, no, he's right. Like, that is my thing to sit with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't like that he said it, but can't argue with him. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's, he's somebody that, I, that, that regularly makes me kind of second guess my own, my own sort of uh, my own thoughts. And the reason, and he and I have talked about this, um, and, he, and he's talked about it in the, in the he, I mean, in the threads is, is the reason that he has the platform and that you, a person like you listens to him because he's had to assimilate to whiteness. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just it. He's, he's learned to play the game enough to be successful in whiteness in tech. He's learned to do that. So he, you can't check off, you can't discount. He's a pro he's a program. He's an engineer. He has years of experience. He's been a manager. So you can't mm-hmm. discount him. And if you do, it's very obvious at that point that you're being racist. Yep. <laughs> so you're gonna yep. you're gonna step lightly on that, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I get you know, when I'm speaking at conferences, people never say it directly to me, but I'm con- um, regularly um, uh, reported for code of conduct violations, um, <laughs> just because and and and, and well, like what did it? Uh, well, that was inappropriate. What she said it made me uncomfortable. It's all about them. It's never about the content. They so they again take it out of. I'm being very objective and they want to make it very subjective and personal. Yep. Again, whiteness is the individual and I can't be speaking mm-hmm. to whiteness. I have to be speaking to Pete Holiday, the white man. Mm-hmm. There, there is, uh, I am, I am horrified and impressed with the alacrity, which with which white people specifically can take rules and policies designed to protect people of color and specifically black people and use them as weapons. Yes. Mm. I don't remember ever being taught that, but I, it is instinctual. It is. An yes. That and that. I, oh, I'm so happy you said that because that is, is, this is why I say what I say. It is not that you are sitting around with your thumbs twiddling like Dr. Evil. It's just the shit that you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, every, I mean, just, or, or use those things that were meant for us to benefit you. Oh, yeah. Cause now you're figuring out a way to leverage, um, the, uh, the things that, you know, you, you or you have half the story, like affirmative action. Yep. White people are benefiting from affirmative action way more than, um, blacks oh, yeah. benefit from, but we don't want to talk about that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then you have the model, model minorities. You have the, the Asian um, a group of students at Harvard who are suing because they feel that they've been left out. But it's not the black students. It's the white students. Yeah. But, it's not, but it's not pitched in the media that way because everybody attaches affirmative action to blacks. Right. Just like everybody attaches welfare to blacks and there are more white people on welfare than there are black people. Oh, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, there was like sort of an eye-opening moment I don't even remember where I first read this, but talking about how legacy admissions in the Ivy League are basically affirmative action for white people. And if you just do the math, like yep. that's just straight up mathematically has to be true 
because there was a period of time where they didn't admit black people. Exactly. <laughs> so like just you just do the math. Like it it statistically is going to benefit white people an order of magnitude more. Mm-hmm. Maybe that won't be the case in 600 years, but it sure as hell the case now. Okay, did you were you a part of that conversation when that dude was talking about breeding out um, racism? Did oh you see Lord, probably. I, I think I saw that. Yeah. And, and he kept saying, and his his whole thesis because it was he responded to the video I did about um, having the how to be an anti racist um, podcast episode, mm-hmm, and his mm-hmm. answer was something to the effect of. This won't work. The only way we can get rid of racism is by breeding it. So, um, if you, if, so basically, um, if if he said something about if, if if people of color and white people have babies or something, yeah. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then when I called him on that, he kept saying, "I didn't say that." That's what the fuck yeah. is, and that's what another thing. I can show you your words, and you will argue about what you meant with those words. These are the words. I screenshot. I did not alter. I did not manipulate. Mm-hmm. I screenshot exactly what you said. But you, when I say that you're talking about breeding, that's not what. When you say whites need to breed with people, um, to have sex with people of color and have uh, um, mixed babies. That's what he said. Mixed babies. That is a breeding philosophy. And then he got his ass handed to him because so many biracial people were saying this does not solve my damn problem. Well, I, I think that that's pretty obvious. If you if you just look at sort of the early early part of this country, uh, the people that are considered white now have not always been considered white. Exactly. The Irish, the Italians, the, those people were not white when they first came to the United mm-hmm. States because white is not a, a nationality. It's a it's a societal construct that we use to exclude people to profit from them. Mm-hmm. And. And so, like, obviously, breeding is not going to fix it. It's not a. It's not a genetic thing, right? It, it's. <laughs> and I that's mean, and that's where we have those individuals sitting next to us in cubicles. Yeah. At, at our jobs, and so, I, and I'm going to say this because um, I, I, I agree with the Google Manifesto guy. I agree with the um, the Microsoft person. I agree with some other woman who said, I agree with a lot of these people saying that they're being silenced. You are. You're absolutely yeah. right. Because until now, you've only been the ones with the microphone. Yeah. And now you, 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 very, you, you have to be very bold to go into one of these companies and say the things that you've been saying in the past and not be challenged. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue. You don't, you're not, you, that's what gets me. You're not even committed enough to your belief to take the challenge. Yeah. Because if this is something I believe, I don't give a damn what you say. I'm gonna argue this point to to I'm not gonna back, I'm not gonna be scared off. I'm gonna say what I have to say if that's what my conviction is, which mm-hmm. told, tells me it's your conviction when it profits you. But mm-hmm. when it gets too uncomfortable, you want to bow out. Mm-hmm. Or you wanna you wanna call the call the system in to take care of your problems for you. Yeah, exactly. I I, I think that. That kind of goes hand in hand with um, the way that we try to like soft pedal privilege to white people in in the sense of like, oh, we're not trying to take anything away from you. Like, yes, Hale. Of course we are. Yes. Like, of course we are. Yes. This is this is a zero sum <laughs> game. If, if, if it were if there were infinite privilege to go around, privilege wouldn't exist. So obviously we are trying to take opportunities away for, from from white dudes in tech because there are a finite number of opportunities. Mm-hmm. And if we want there to be equity, then a, a smaller share of those has to go to white people. 
And, and, you know, when it comes down to the tactics in individual companies, you have to hire the best people for the job, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, on a, on a holistic level, thinking about the entire industry, if we want to change the, 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 the dynamics, if we want to change the demographics to match the communities that we're in, then statistically speaking, it has to be harder for a white dude to get a job than a person of color or a woman of color. And it's so funny because you always get, and you mention it, there's the assumption that to do this, then that means you're, you're, you're getting more inferior workers. Again, that inferior thing. Um, no, it's like only white people can do this job and, and do it with a level of excellence. And this is another reason why white guys are running because once we get our affirmative action asses in there, White dudes are realizing how mediocre they really are. They're not as special as you thought you mm, were. Mm-hmm. We come in, you might have one plan, we got five. Because we've had to do have five just to get to where you are. Mm-hmm. And this is what I think I love about mm-hmm. the, um, the How to Be Anti-Racist book. And Dr. Kendi talks about this. This is, this is active. To be anti-racist is to actively discriminate against certain things. That's just it. Certain things have to be discriminated against. Yep. And... Um, and it, it is yep. what it is. And that's why I tell people in my talks, this is not about, I don't believe in equity. This is not about equity. There's no way in hell you and I are going to be equal until something is taken away from you. Because as soon as I get to where you are, mm-hmm. if even if we, if I finally get to where you are, that the system is set up that you will take another leap forward. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there's a, there's, and, 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 this has like echoes of the like centrist, this is how we got Trump like argument of like, well, we have to make this palatable to white people or it'll never be accepted. Um, talking about specifically like the privilege and the things that, that we're going to have to give up in order to get to a place of equality. And I, I think that that's, it's, dis- it's a disingenuous argument because agreeing with the argument does not fix everything. You still have to do the work. And until people are willing to do the work, they are not, uh, no amount of convincing them of the larger sort of themes or the larger uh, principles is going to solve anything. You know, you can, you can have people agree that we're all racist and if they don't, if they aren't willing to change their own behavior, it doesn't matter what they believe. And you just hit on something that is, that I've come to recently. White people, because I, I used to say all the time, that used to be one of my mantras, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I've realized that whiteness has a very high tolerance for discomfort. At mm-hmm. this point, it has to be pain. They have to feel it. Phys- it has to be a pain. And if when we're talking about this president, if he's reelected, that's when white people will feel pain. These these centrist these because your argument only allows um, those who are privileged to continue to have a voice and you continue to shut people down. This is why mm-hmm. um, um, Trump can say anything he wants to to anybody, even when it causes harm. And I create a video on Periscope that says that in the title, white men in tech ain't shit. But what I'm talking about is that because they're not using their privilege to, yep. to move anything and yep. that gets taken down. Well, yeah, we see that all the time on social media, like the men are trash gets removed while thousands and thousands and thousands of misogynist tweets stay up and damn near damn near uh, advocating rape yep. gets to stay up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all very interesting. So in our last few minutes, what would you like to close with? I, I'm curious to hear 
your thoughts on on ways uh, on if there are some sort of like next level ways, you know. So if you've got somebody who is is comfortable with being uncomfortable, comfortable with the pain, understands that like you might have to give something up to to get where we want to go as a society. What are the what are the next level steps for somebody? Like like what, what's what's next? Okay, well, I'm going to tell you what's next for hashtag called the scene in 2020. We will be launching. Um, Okay. Finally launching, because I've changed it so many times, hashtag cause the scene alliance, which is actively working on um, people who want to actively work on um, being anti-racist. That's what's next uh, for hashtag cause the scene. As well as I'm going to be, we're going to be doing a hashtag cause the scene jobs board because I get a lot, I get a lot of DMs, but I don't know these companies. And so I am going to be vetting companies and only will be promoting positions mm-hmm. from companies and people that I trust to mm-hmm. at least minimize harm. Because as we're all learning, people will make mistakes. Um, and I think it, um, by me giving a verified on these positions, you would get more people from marginalized companies feeling, I mean, communities feeling safe to apply to these jobs, to come into these spaces. So those are the two things that are, that are coming next year is the, um, is the alliance where we will be working because we yep. can't do this on Twitter. It's just too much noise. Too many people get to chime in or whatever. I want a closed environment where we can actually be doing these things and, and coming up with strategies for within our own communities, our own organizations and our events. And that's with the, um, and, you know, fundamentally being anti-racist and that includes myself um, and, and then the job board. That sounds great. I, I, I think that, uh, I think that the sort of, the sort of, uh, close knit group willing to do the work. I, I think the low barrier to entry on Twitter can make things a little, uh, a little challenging. Oh, very much so. Cause people got, are just got a lot of yeah, noise. Too, they're, too, they're not enough people like you who are willing to just to take the hit. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited to see what's next. I, I think uh, I think there's a there's a lot of I mean there's obviously a lot of work to do. And are I, you? And, and I'm going to interrupt you because are you a hashtag called the scene community sponsor? Myself personally. Um, that's what I'm talking to. Yes, ma'am. Um, I am I am not as of, as okay, of right now. Okay. By the time this episode airs, you need to be a hashtag called the scene sponsor. Put your money where your mouth is. That's that's a great point. All right. I will make it happen. I'm now ready to articulate and to publicly share my need to shift from causing the scene. Currently this work, this push for equity, for minimizing harm, and for prioritizing the most vulnerable, is collectively viewed by many as noise, bullying, troublemaking, as contrarian for controversy's sake, rather than what it is, a necessary evolution for the overall health and well-being of those who work for us, partner with us, buy from us, invest in us, and society as a whole. My focus from this day forward is to forge a path to welcoming and psychological safety in systems, institutions, and policies at scale because I will no longer put new wine into old wineskins. My team and I will be spending the next few months making the necessary changes to ensure that my new commitment to doing the proactive work of leading a movement framed by the guiding principles and seen through an anti-racist lens, strategically happens with a relaunch on Juneteenth. To be kept informed of our progress, please follow me on Twitter at K-I-M-C-R-A-Y-T-O-N-1, 
Kim Creighton One, and on our new Kim Creighton's Community Cafe Discord server. When I started Hashtag Cause a Scene in 2019, it was out of my frustration that no one was listening. Now that you're listening, it's time to get to work. Thank you for the years of support, and I'll meet you on the other side. Have a wonderful day. The manager Yes. I think that the one thing that, that I've been thinking about a lot the last couple of months has been around, um, I, I'm sure somebody else has coined this term, but, but uh, I've been calling sort of performative allyship. So the sort of ally label that, that people get when they do the sort of outward things to support uh, communities of color or, 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 or women. And the minute that they, that it costs them anything or the minute that it becomes uncomfortable for them, they abandon the allyship entirely. And I, I think that it's a, there are sort of two, two factors to it that I think are, are interesting. One of them is, um, you know, to your point earlier that, you know, thanking me for my hard work and then saying, well, actually, you know, this is just the work you're supposed to be doing, which I, I 100% agree with. Um, the sort of performative allyship of, of needing to be thanked or needing to, to get your ally cookies for, for the, the, just the words that you say. Um, and I, I think that's a, something that we need to take a hard look at and understand that, that uh, ally is, is uh, this is like kind of cheesy, but I've heard people say like ally is not a noun, it's a verb. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're not an ally, you are somebody who performs allyship, you're somebody who does that work. Um, and which means that we can be allies or not allies, like it changes from, from minute to minute as we, as we go through the world and engage in certain behavior that may be helpful or harmful to these disadvantaged communities. And I think where we see that most egregiously is um, we see it a lot. I see it a lot on Twitter with, with people being called out and uh, their reaction being, well, you just lost an ally. And I don't think that we give enough credit to how evil that is. Talk about that, because that was very interesting. Because evil is a strong word. So talk about how, what do you mean by that? Well, I, I think that if we, if we look at it from, the, from sort of a, a higher level, if we say, okay, why, why would somebody, absent the selfish reasons, why would somebody be an ally? Why would somebody be an ally to the black community, to, to the community of women? Why, why, would, why would somebody do that? It's because they believe, ideally, it's because they believe that the treatment that our society uh, puts upon those communities is wrong. And they believe that it should be different and they hopefully are willing to do the work to make it different. And so if, if you're willing to abandon that cause, when you become personally, even if you are personally insulted, even if you have every right to be offended by the thing that the person in that community said, you're essentially saying that I am willing to in my mind, revoke your humanity if you make me uncomfortable. Mm. You are you are an equal to me so long as you behave appropriately. Mm. And the minute you don't, I'm gonna take it back away. This is this is something that I'm giving you, and you don't get to have it if you don't play by the rules. And and how you put that, and if people have not have did not pick up on how that sounds like ownership, slavery, how that sounds like you're, 
your value comes from when I give you value and I can mm-hmm. take that value away from you when I choose to take that value away from mm-hmm. when it does something, when it impacts me negatively. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't have inherent value. My value is derived from whiteness. And mm-hmm. when whiteness decides that it no longer wants to extend that value to me, then I'm no longer valuable. And it's always intended. That, this is why I think this is such an evil thing to say. It's one thing to feel put off by a community and like slowly stop doing that allyship. Um, I, I don't think that's a good thing, but it's, it's a much different, there's a much different tenor to it when you decide in a public forum to announce that you are no longer an ally to a, a movement. You're essentially saying that this one individual's behavior has caused you to abandon the, and this goes back to what you were saying earlier about how um, people of color, black people are a, a group and white people are individuals. So I am going to revoke my individual support of your group because one member of that group offended me. Um, and, 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 so they, I, and, 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 and I want to stop you there because I want to challenge that because who gets to say you're being offended? And see, that's where it comes. That, that's a piece oh, yeah. right there too because you can say it's offensive or I'm, being, I'm offending you where I'm saying, no, I've, I, I have boundaries and you've crossed mm-hmm. them. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that becomes... Uh, and and uh, 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 a, a way for you to throw that in my face. Oh, yeah. um, um, you're going to lose. Um, and also, you don't get to say that you're an ally. You don't. Yeah. You don't self-select that. But I think that just to hear you say that, it, it sounds so, it feels so disgusting to inside me. The fact that you, my humanity is, is, is um, relies on how you feel and how I make you feel. And again, that goes back to my, my intention is no, no longer being responsible for the feelings of white people. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I agree with you. Um, my, my point was, I, I was going all the way there because even if you do something that is wrong and offensive, and even, even if it's not even a, a boundaries issue, even if you... Oh yeah, even you, if you're a straight up asshole, the fact that you can just say, but, oh, oh my God, you just hit on it. Because even if I'm a straight up asshole, I have said everything, I have been intentionally an asshole to you or whatever. The fact that you can throw away a whole group of people based on my behavior is one, is one side of it. The flip side is what got me excited is white people are always giving it a benefit of the doubt and always giving an opportunity to make amends and come back and, and be the hero of the story. And we're never given that. Yep. We, we, we make one slight, it could be a, an unintentional or a straight out, the same shit white people do. I don't like you. Get away from me, blah, blah. And we're cut off at the knees, never to be redeemed. Mm-hmm. And you see it in the criminal justice system. You see it mm-hmm. we're not redeemable. When yep. whiteness says, you know what? I've done enough. I'm done. Throw them away. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see it, you see it in the news, right? Like, uh, I, I, I forget the woman's name, but she was homeless and sent her kid to school, the wrong school. She went to prison for five years. Yep. And then this, this white woman who, mm-hmm. uh, like she went, what, 30 days or something no, like that? No, it's 14 days. And she won't 14. even do that. Yeah. It's 14 days. So, or, uh, a, a white person, I'm just going to call him a white male goes and shoots up something, kills oh, yeah. multiple people. And they, the media goes and finds the cutest little picture of them as a child. And there immediately the questions start coming out about their mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet a black person walking down the street can be killed. And the question is, so what did he do? What did he do do for this? And the the picture, if they don't have a mugshot, they're going to find the worst Mm -hmm. looking picture with people hair standing all over their head that their family took as a joke. 
yeah. uh, whatever, um, to put, put us in the, the worst light? I mean, I, I think it, it's, it, it goes really deep. And the thing that I have recognized recently through thinking about this a little bit more is, is going back to that, like, how, how much you are telling on your own, telling on yourself and telling on your own mentality that you would revoke your support for a community on the actions of one person. And often those actions are not beyond the pale. Like you, exactly. like you were saying early, often those actions are you caused harm and I want you to acknowledge it and atone for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, I'm, you know, this is how you treat a supporter of your cause. Like mm-hmm. uh, you just lost an ally. And, and like, it, that really is, that's, that's saying something inherent about that person's character and about the, the way they approach the communities that they are supposedly allies of. The way they rep- weaponize white supremacy. Yeah, absolutely. Ha- and and I, I use that word intentionally because it is weaponization. It is, there is no different than having someone having an AK-47 and deciding to use it or not. Because what you're saying to me is, um, this because the, the, these issues aren't, are we going to use paper or plastic? These issues aren't, um, um, these issues are literally people's humanity. Mm-hmm. And if, because um, I, I can recall fucking up with the um, trans community online. And I knew I was going to do it because I couldn't figure out a way that broke this conversation that I needed to have. So I knew I was going to do it. And when they told me, I didn't realize it was going to be that bad. Mm-hmm. And when they, t- when they explained that to me, I deleted the tweet. I apologized. I created a podcast episode about it so people understand what I was learning, what I was trying, you know. And, mm-hmm. it was, and I didn't focus on, yes, there was an intention I had behind it. Mm-hmm. But it did not matter because it harmed people. And I started back at square zero and I had to build trust again. Yep. Um, and when someone told me that they, um, after they saw that they like they had trusted me and they wouldn't trust me again, my gut feeling was, how the fuck is that going to happen when I've been doing all this work over and this one thing is how you're going to, and then I stopped, I, uh, you know, I pulled mm-hmm. back and I said, okay, I get it. And I, um, I don't, I don't fault you. I just hope that I can prove to you that I can be trusted again. And that mm-hmm. was just it. I mean, yeah. It wasn't about my attention at that point. It wasn't about what I meant to do. It wasn't about anything. It was, I'm sorry, and I'm going to, no, not I'm sorry. I don't mm-hmm. use the word I'm sorry, because people like to use that in that, yeah, I know you sorry, shit, and I don't do that. But I mm-hmm. apologize, and I, um, and I hope that the work I've done hits has been in support of trans individuals. Um, yeah. And that's all I can do. And, mm-hmm. and we don't know we're fucking up unless someone tells us. Yeah. And, and and it that, takes a, and it takes a and I, and I, I'm gonna stop you there because if people don't realize how how hard how far it has to go for somebody in these communities vulnerable vulnerable people to actually say hey stop god damn we're being hurt mm-hmm. <laughs> yep and and I was I was gonna say I think that we don't we don't give enough attention to that the two things that, that come to mind with you saying that one of them is by the time you're getting called out this is probably not your first offense anyway like to begin with. And second of all, when you are getting called out, somebody has made a calculated decision that taking this risk right now is going to be more beneficial than just writing you off and never speaking to you again. And that is a gift. Mm-hmm. I don't think we, I, and I know I don't, uh, in the, I, I haven't in the past, and I'm sure I'll make this mistake in the future as well. 
it is so hard in that moment when you feel attacked because you have this birthright of always being correct and never being judged and all these things. It's very difficult to say, you know what? This sucks for me because I am being called out. I'm being put in the center of this conversation. I've done all these good things. Um, But this person is giving me a gift right now because they are doing this emotional labor to, to help me learn. And, and, and that I think is something that we need to, we as a, a white male community need to sort of take more, take a little bit more thought about because somebody, these people are actually giving us gifts and we are like being defensive about it. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge. It's not just white males, it's whiteness period. Cause white women do it a lot. Um, um, they're, they're, they're big <laughs> Um, benefits, right. beneficiaries yeah. of this. Um, one of the things I was going to say is um, I would rather people just call themselves supporters um, because you can say I support. What you can't say is I'm an ally mm-hmm. because that takes my agency away. You're saying that I have no choice in who gets to help me. And that's another reason that I created mm-hmm. that damn video. And I say it to people all the time. Yeah. You're not my ally. I get to choose who I ally with. And that's another assumption of whiteness. It decides, and that's what really yep. pushes people's buttons was when I say, yep. I didn't ask you what you're doing. I didn't ask for. It's not benefiting me in any way and stop it because it's causing harm. And so if you can't think about when somebody, if yep. that comes to your head and you can't stop to mm-hmm. think about a larger picture, what you're communicating is, and you don't want to own it, but what it is, is I need you to sit back and think where in this exchange or wherever, what is triggering me? Because at, at my gut, I, I, I believe you're inferior to me. That's mm-hmm. just what that is. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked in the last segment about, uh, about that sort of instinct to weaponize mm-hmm. uh, anything, literally anything, uh, against black communities. And I think this, this very, what seems to be a very, like, simple thing of you just lost an ally, I think is just that yeah. just distilled down to its purest form. Like there's nothing, there's nothing else to yes. it. I just, I am going to punish you for, for calling me out for anything. I'm going to punish not just you, but mm-hmm. I'm going to punish your entire community because of this thing that you did. I, I mean, it, it's one of those things where even if, even if you broke into my house and beat me with a baseball bat, like, it's still like, if I say, well, you just lost an ally, like, why? Because this one person did something that they shouldn't have done? Like, it doesn't make any sense, but it's it's that instinct. That, well, it that does make sense. I'm going to stop you there because it does make sense. Because the system is, that that's the system. The system is that that one individual becomes a representative of all of us. And this is something that Black people had to deal with forever. We are always seen as a representative of our whole race. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. we don't want to do that. You can't do this. You go out in public. And I put, a, I did a, um, a tweet about that yesterday. I am not, I am never more comfortable than when I'm back at home because I live in a city mm-hmm. that has black people. Um, mm-hmm. Anywhere else, and I'm traveling the world and I love to travel. I never let my guard down. I can never be 100% just like relaxed. I'm always vigilant. I always have to keep looking around because at one, at any moment, a person, a white person in my space can decide that I don't belong there. I've yeah. done something to offend, um, and and that is is then that becomes my responsibility. No one's going to ask mm. them. So what do you mean she did something to you? Explain to me and put it on them. It's always going to be 
what did you do to that person? What did you do to whiteness? Mm-hmm. What did me mm-hmm. as, a, you know, as a black person, did, as, a, mm-hmm. as a collective black person, did to this one individual who's a white person who does not even want to be called white, yep. but wants the benefits of whiteness? Mm-hmm. That, that's sort of the general topic that I think I've been thinking about the most recently is, is just how allyship and, and uh, one of the more dangerous sort of elements in our community are, and, and you see this, you just lost an ally from the white liberal community, right? Yes. Oh, my God. out of conservatives. Oh, my God. Did you not? Oh, oh, the Martin Luther King speech, 11 oh, yeah, months. Yeah. But yeah, he mm-hmm. and people and people who always want to um, quote him always go back to when in the early 60s, they don't talk about how he evolved towards culture to his death. When he mm-hmm. says that white liberals are the, I mean, they're the most dangerous. And I say that all the time. Yep. They've done in their eyes just enough work to get that they, they they demand to have um, to 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 be um, recognized for it. Mm-hmm. So they get this badge that says ally, and anything negative they 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 do supposed to cover the badge supposed to cover up all that. Mm-hmm. It just washes that out. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I, and none of, none of these sort of re- I mean, it's telling that these are realizations that I'm having in 2019, um, and and that obviously. Uh, leaders in the black community and, and others have had all of our lives, all, all of your lives. You don't so, even have to be a leader. That's my whole, yeah. you don't have to be just living. Sure. Um, and it's not just us. It's, it's, it's black and particularly black and brown people in the LGBTQ community. Because again, mm. when whiteness is in that space, whiteness is center and those individuals are harmed. Mm-hmm. I've heard several times that about how white trans women are harming black and brown trans women in, mm-hmm. in their um, demand to be centered um, in those yeah. spaces. Yep. And, um, and, and, and the turmoil that's within, oh, the, I don't want to call it turmoil. Well, to me, it is turmoil as a, a person outside looking in. These are so many intersections within that community and people want to be able to identify as themselves without having to get other people's permission who are some kind, some kind of way the de facto arbit- arbiters of who's, how, how it's, how it's appropriate to be in the LGBT community. Um, it reminds me a lot of just in the, in the black community. I talk about this often with the, um, with light skinned blacks having way more privilege than darker skinned blacks um, because it's the closest, um, you know, the, the, um, the proximity to whiteness. And then you see the model minorities, the Asians um, and, 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 and even Africans, um, who come to this country, uh, many of them believe that they are better than black. Anybody wants to be, er, er, anything is better than being a, bl- a black person from the U.S., anything. Mm. I think as whiteness becomes uh, farther and farther from the majority, statistically speaking, um, it has used the this sort of adjacent, you know, you're talking about the model minority. It, it'll, it sort of allows a little bit of privilege to leak out so that those then around the periphery gatekeep for them. Oh yeah, exactly. It's a distraction. It keeps us from realizing the 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 bigger picture. But I um, love how you just said the 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 majority because this is how and people don't understand this is how Italians and Irish and whatever became white because they needed their numbers to become majority. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> there, if you broke those down into the ethnicities, there is and 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 extrapolated out whiteness there would be no, there are no Aryan, that, that's not the majority that's here. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it'll be interesting to see over the coming decades, 
um, as the, the Hispanic population in the United States increases if, if they become white eventually. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, as, as, the, as the white majority needs the Hispanic, Hispanic population to maintain their majority, mm-hmm. does suddenly... Do they, do, they, do, they, do they bring them in, too? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because everything is... Any, everything, everything except black. <laughs> it's like everything except black. Yeah, that's something that I, I want to be start being a, a stronger sort of call out on is that like you just lost an ally. I don't think that's like it is a trope, but I think it is extremely, extremely revealing of the person's mindset. Um, and, you know, it's easy to say, oh, well, they were never an ally if they say that. But I think it's even deeper than that. I think that. Yeah, there's a, it's because what it, what it is, is it's 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 and, I, and I've experienced this. Um, it is when these individuals are in our communities showing up, we let our guards down mm. and we trust to do that. It's, it's worse than never being an ally. And I, I know what I'm getting from a Nazi, from a KK person. Mm. I, it's, it hurts. It hurts much more deeply and it's much more traumatic when it's someone who stood by you on the front lines. Yep. And, and frankly, I think that people who use that terminology, they know that. They know that they have something that they can take away. And, and the fact that they're willing to do it over a disagreement on Twitter, that tells you who they are. Yeah, that happened very publicly with me on Twitter. And, and it took me a while to come back from that. And I've been very guarded about who I let into my inner circle since then. Mm. Wow, well, thank you for taking the time to oh to hash that out. Um, this is my show, so I can do it any damn way I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I was, this is a this is a, I'm glad you you brought this up because this is a part of a conversation we needed to have. I agree, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully, this will spur more discussion around this topic and help people understand that, like you said, al- allyship is a, is not a is not a thing you self select for. It's a, yeah. a set of behaviors, and you can. Hopefully get some people on that page too. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Kim. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Cause the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Cause the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Cause the Scene community. Just visit the website at hashtagcausescene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.